0: I said the Lord is good. If you believe it give me an amen. amen. All right, when we want to start to study, um, we like to activate our spirits, wake it up, or wake them up to be able to understand the Word of God. And the way we do that is by declaring God's word to ourselves, that is things that are derived from what God has promised us. That's why we read and we chant things. It's important you learn how to Let me use the word repeat and meditate. The word is meditate. When we talk about meditating upon the word, it's not just about thinking about it. It's also about repeating those things from your mouth. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work, and I am increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. His word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. That is a declaration, and that will be your manifestation. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That will be your experience. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Every decision of your life will be pleasing to God. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. You will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Amen. You will please Him in all respects. Amen. You will bear fruit in every good work. Amen. And you will always increase in the knowledge of God. Amen. Please greet somebody on your left and your right, the person congratulations that's your experience. So, you are very wise. You are very wise today. God will speak to you. Tell somebody, God will speak to you today. Say, God will speak to you. You came with a question, God will speak to you. You did not even know you had a question, the Lord will answer it in the name of Jesus Christ. All right, let's take our seats. The Lord is good. I said, The Lord is good. We've been speaking about um, that. Is for a long time we spoke on the culture of faith, but I thank God that we ended that last time. I will begin today looking at what I call the divine lifting. I have many things in my heart to say, so today is going to serve as an introduction. I will not say that I have a a long, structured teaching for today. What I just have in my mind is to explain to us the direction I want to flow in for the next um, few weeks, as the Lord gives us um, uh, permission. I want to talk about what I call divine lifting, divine lifting. Now, we are going to look at the life of David and from there, we would take a lot of um, uh, lessons concerning how God lifts people. Now, if you remember when we did learning from Moses, and when we took lessons from the life of Joseph, we looked at all different uh, those uh, heroes of uh, faith. One of the things I explained that time is that very little is said about the life of Jesus before the age of 30. After he was born, when he was about um, something before the age of two, when they went to Egypt. So we heard about his conception and birth. We heard about, um, the time he went to Egypt, uh, when Joseph took the child and the mother and ran to Egypt until the Lord told him to return. The next thing we heard was when he was 12 years of age, when he was, uh, in the temple asking questions of the elders. And after that, we didn't hear anything about him again until he was 30 years old and he was stepping into ministry and John the Baptist uh baptized him. So you see everything we know about the life of Jesus is just very short. Everything could be compressed into just um twelve twenty-four hours, you know. Conception, just a story somebody met somebody told somebody about something. Then we hear about um his uh, birth, we hear about running to Egypt and coming back. Then we hear about an experience age of, of 12. Everything most of the things about the life of Jesus were the things spoken were things that happened from the time he was 30 till the time he was, um, he went to the cross. So then I explained what, why was it that very little was said? Is it that God didn't want us to know anything about it? We explained that actually a lot was said. It's just that it was not recorded specifically about him, you know? And if you want to know about the life of Jesus from the time he was a child to the time he was 20, time until he became 30, everything that happened then, Is summarized, alright, in one simple sentence. It said, This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. That is a summary of everything that happened in his life. Now, what are the things that happened? You look at the life of um, Moses, you will discover the things that happened. You look at the life of Samuel, you will discover the things that happened. You look at the life of even the women there, okay, people like uh, Ruth and Co., you will discover the things that happened in the life of Jesus. All those things are put together. Alright? That's why God didn't bother to repeat them. When you read from Genesis all the way to Malachi, the story of the life of Jesus can be found in every bit of that. And the Bible calls him the author and the finisher of faith. What that means is this. If you're going to read Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible describes how each person operated in faith. uh, People like Abraham, how they left. All those things were rehearsals. Can I borrow that expression? They were types of what will happen in the life of Jesus. We know that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible. Yet Jesus pleased God so much that one day, God said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So what are we saying? Those people walked by faith. And the faith they walked in was the same faith that Jesus walked in. In fact, they walked in the faith little by little. Moses will do well in one area, and maybe not so well in another area. David will do well in one area, and maybe not so well in another area. But those things put together were fulfilled in the life of one person. That's Jesus Christ. And that's why the Father said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So, what are we saying? When we are learning about the life of Moses, actually, we are not learning about Moses, because he said, fixing your eyes on Jesus. Are you getting my point? So, we are fixing on Jesus. When we are looking at Moses we are not trying to be like Moses. When we are looking at Abraham, we are not trying to be like Abraham. When we are looking at Isaac, there is nothing in Isaac we want to be like. We are not allowed to do that. We are only allowed to look at Jesus. So why do we look at Isaac? Why do we like look at Abraham? Why do we look at Jacob? It's because there are things about their lives that explain to us something about Jesus. So it is Jesus we are trying to discover in Abraham. It is Jesus we are trying to discover in Isaac. I hope you are getting my point here. You will find out something You know, in the old, under the old order. God, through the covenant of um, the, the, the one he did with Israel, you will see how he described himself, the height of the description. God always likes to describe himself with the lives of people. But the height was the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. That is one thing you find only once in the whole of the section of your Bible called the New Testament. Okay, after the, after the uh, after, from the book of Acts to the end, you find it only once. And it was Peter that was speaking. Peter was speaking and he he was talking to Jews. He referred to God the way they knew him. They called him the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. After that, nobody said, Paul never said it. What Paul and Cole would say is God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. They don't call him the God of Abraham. They don't call him the God of Isaac. They don't call him the God of Jacob. That's inferior to who he is now. He's God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What was I trying to say by that? So you see that God is described as God the Father of our Lord Jesus because that is the person we must be like. It's our focus. Jesus is everything. Can let me just take a moment and talk about him? Jesus is everything. Somebody say amen. amen. Any interpretation of scripture that's not centered around the person of Jesus is false. There's one that if I say some brethren, especially from the United States, will be very sensitive and a lot of Nigerian brethren who have bought it, they also be sensitive. Have you ever heard this expression that you need to be friends with Israel so that God can bless you? Because it is written, he that blesses you, I will bless, and he that curses you, I will curse. Have you heard that before? Now, so, but the question is this, who did God say that to? Did he say to the nation of Israel? No. It was a promise to Abraham. That promise, in the book of Galatians we are told, is to whom? Abraham and his seed. And he said, the seed, not of many, but as of one. And who's that one? Jesus Christ. So when he said, who that blesses you, I will bless. He's talking to you. And you see blessed people telling me they need to go and be baptized in the Jordan so that God can bless them. You must be high on kodin or tramadol. One of the two. Because you can't be, honestly, you are too ignorant. How do you believe such things? You cannot interpret the promises of God outside Jesus. He said, all the promises of God, they are yes and they are amen only in Christ. You know what it means? No matter what God has promised you, no matter what God has promised your family, if your whole lineage will not come into Christ, that promise will go unfulfilled and God will still be righteous. Sometimes I hear people, men of God that I love, when it gets to this area, they start stumbling. One man was talking about how every prime minister in the UK, had lost his office after breaking covenant with Israel. Now, did that happen or not? I really don't care, but I think it's terrible for you to say it. You know why? I've never heard the same people talking about politicians losing their office after breaking covenant with the church. Are you seeing my point here? So they magnify the old covenant, which has passed away, because if they say it's the covenant of Abraham, it's with us. The covenant of Abraham is with Abraham and his seed. Is it not scripture? So what are we magnifying? But let me tell you as a matter of fact, the church that works as God has ordained it to walk, God defends it till today. The most important thing he ever did is call Christ Jesus. You cannot, no matter how story you want to tell, if it's not centered around the person of Christ, you may even have a bit of second level Revelation to teach us, but it's not the full revelation. Until Christ is put in the center, every scripture does not have full meaning. Please don't ever forget it. Everything we are doing is about Christ Jesus. The problem with the world today is that Jesus is not appropriately magnified. When we are even preaching it, you know, I heard a pastor preach the other day. I couldn't believe my ears. An American pastor, who was praying for the countries, said, Lord, we are open for your blessings right now, now that we have recognized Jerusalem as the headquarters. You have recognized Jerusalem. That is what's opening America for blessing. Now, listen to what I'm trying to say. That is why, under their watch, no Arab can be converted. I don't know whether you're getting my point. It's not possible. You are, listen, Christ is not being magnified. How will you convert nations? You go to a place like the Middle East and you explain to the people that their blessing is tied to recognizing that their apostate neighbor are special in the eyes of God. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Which is not true, which is not scripture. The Bible makes it clear that the only person that's special in the eyes of God must come in through Christ Jesus. And you know what God says? He looks at people. He says there are Gentiles. He said there is a false circumcision and there is the true circumcision. That's what he said, not me. Please, I hope you are getting my point here. Christ is everything. Let me say this again. I'm convinced about it. I am, I don't have any doubt in my heart. This nation and every African nation, there's no fight you want to fight. You will be perpetually underdeveloped until Christ is given his proper place. Like I was saying, you know, before we started preaching. We were talking about corruption. You know, corruption is a spirit. It's a very powerful spirit. It's a strong spirit. Possesses people. You don't cast it away by willpower. The only power to remove it is called Christ. Until you magnify Christ, we just run around in cycles. Or in circles, you know, we're just going around and around and around and around. Christ is the answer. If you are a believer, learn to magnify Christ Jesus. Learn to magnify him in your life. Learn to magnify him around you. If you're a preacher, please magnify Christ. Because you know what I find out? Preachers oftentimes, they get tired. So they backslide. You know, sometimes... I, no, I, I think I said it the other time. I, I, there was time I began to... Pardon me to use the expression, worry for myself. When I say worry for myself, I saw a lot of preachers backslide from preaching Christ into preaching Success. Business methods. We wrap everything with a few scriptures and it appears nice. And listen, once you start that, your church will grow. Anywhere you show people they can make money, they will come. If you say to make money, give your life to Christ, they will give your, their lives to money in Christ. Yeah, they don't. I mean, if Jesus doesn't promise that money, they walk away from him. I've seen it. That's why I bring to a lot of you, have very, very careful. Many times what we are preaching to people is not Christ Jesus. We are preaching their flesh to them. And we are f- off- offering church as a method to fulfill the desires of the flesh. So we take the gospel of prosperity. People don't love Christ. They find an easy way. There was one, one guy who told me then, I was supposed to say one brother. I don't know what that is. Name, 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 okay. There was one brother. I just said one brother. How did he join the church? That he was going. Somebody advised him that if you go to that church, you will know how to make money. That was why he came. What brought him was the love of money. What brought him was the love of material success. We preachers must be careful that we elevate only Christ Jesus. Because if you if you are looking for a large congregation, there are all kinds of things to preach that will draw the crowd. You can turn the whole place to a joke. Comedians will be your main ministers. Tonight we are expecting AY, AY. Everybody say AY for Jesus. They will right. <laughs> every young man in town will come and they will bring all the young women on their streets. Why? AY for Jesus. And they will tell you that they like your Christianity. It's a, it's a lively one. It's not a dry, boring one. They like your own Christianity. They add a few things like no matter what you do, heaven is secure, eternal salvation. They will like you. The church will be very full. And people will start telling you ever since you went in this direction, you exploded. I hope you know you really have exploded. <laughs> I always tell say, say this. You no, know, there are things we believe those days. Eh? We have grown. Those days they told us if you make yourself you know, people have food. The church should be big. Now I'm gonna teach that. That's why I'm teaching this series. I thought divine lifting. We're looking at the life of David. Through him, we'll discover some things about Christ Jesus. Divine lifter. So you preach this message I, I, after I my Bible, and after that, it's not so. You can preach messages, preach it well, and nobody comes. In fact, the better you preach it, the fewer they will be. And it's all over the Bible like that. The time people follow Jesus the most, he ran away from them. But if Jesus will celebrate it, we we'll now have seven branches, 15 services. When they follow Jesus the most, you know what he did? He ran away. He said this people, I don't trust them. Why are they follow me? What do we eat? Many times the they, they will come. Jesus will leave them and go high up in the mountain. Let me see those who will crawl to follow me. Only the disciples will go there. Then when he preached the deepest revelation of his ministry, even those ones left, he said to them, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you don't have life in you. They rolled their mats. And they said it clearly. This is a hard thing. And the only reason. Oh, let me say this to you again. Do not follow anybody for miracles or results they claim to be getting. When Jesus, the only people that survived that trial. The trial of deep teaching. Headed by Peter. Jesus looked at them and said, Peter, you people are still here. You haven't gone. You know what they said? To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Other people, you know what they are looking for? You have the words of breakthrough. This church is a place of connection. But what kept Peter and co? they said, is because Jesus had the words of eternal life. That was what kept him. If you don't want to be lost in this life, in following people, prophets, apostles, whatever they call themselves. You know, because we went back on TV, I'll finish my statement in a moment. I just want to say this. Because I went back on TV, so I had to ramp up my my free-to-air decoder again. So in that process, you get a lot of channels. You get over 100. You get close to 200 channels, about 150 to 200. If, if, if you have two um, dishes like I have, all right? And you get a lot. Rough estimate, 75% crap. Nonsense. I'm sorry to say it. The Bible says, test every spirit. Having tested them, false prophets. Hold on to that which is true. I deleted most of them. I don't want to be scanning a lot of clowns. And you know how, you know how I deleted my criterion for deleting many channels? Because many of those channels belong to churches. You know, a ministry will have its own channel. They have a lot. You know how I delete them? Once I get there, I remember one man. I see a man around you and delete you. I don't waste time. I don't have time for that to rubbish. I don't have time for the nonsense. No, I, I'm serious. I don't have time for the nonsense. Instantly, I delete. You know what I found out? Almost all of it is either a wave of the Holy Spirit or a wave of evil spirit. I think it's a wave of evil spirit. There's something I see. Almost every one of these ones I talk about, there's the same pattern of manifestation. Always describing who's afflicting somebody there's always somebody something is always buried somebody's destiny is being hindered and the point the person will be telling it, and they always say did you tell me before and then people will hear because of the accurate descriptions they get carried away i see so much of it one of you say test every spirit when i was still having the time to look at them i don't have the time anymore what i used to do is to check what do you say at the end i, I, I never see christ magnified People are never called to repentance. It's always a fight against the evil spirits that's afflicting them. And I know this is not Christianity. Now, this is how you will not be carried away by all those things. The Bible calls them the errors of unprincipled men. This is how you won't be carried away. Don't follow anybody for manifestations. Follow them for the truth of God that burns in your heart when the person opens his mouth. That's why I, that's why I was going. Don't follow anybody for miracles. Evil spirits walk miracles. In the days of Jesus, people were casting out demons by demons. Jesus Himself said it. How do your sons cast them out when the people were accusing him? Because they knew that's how their sons were casting out demons. It wasn't new, it wasn't anything new to them. So people casting out demons, not a new thing. Evil spirits work miracles. Jesus said in the days of the Antichrist, if it were possible, even the elect to be deceived. So don't be carried away, and please most certainly, don't be carried away by anybody's good works that he's televising. But that's the one that gets on my nerves first. When a man wants to validate his ministry and he put, does a TV promo to show the things that they are doing, man of God is giving beings to the poor and camera is there. No, you don't believe the words of the Lord Jesus. That's how you do such things. Listen to me. Don't follow anybody for the miracles they claim to do. Whether it's false or genie is not what I'm talking about now. But if, once you've, the only thing about the man, about the woman, is they see, they see visions. And these visions, which are lying visions, I've been saying it again and again, they use these visions to divide homes. Let me say one more time. If you ever hear anybody say your mother is a witch, your auntie is a witch, that's the reason why you have problems. Just know they are lying to you. That's all I have to say about that. Just know it's a lie. What did I call it? It's a lie. The reason why it's a lie is simple. We've discussed it here many times. I'm not going to go into that in details now. If you are, if you truly are a believer, they don't have power over you. So they cannot be the reason why you have problems. I am not saying that they are not witches. That's not my problem. But whether that's why you are having problems, it's a lie. Okay, so what if I'm not a believer? Good. Then give your life to Christ. Why are we discussing it? Give your life to Christ. Then it stops being a problem. The sin, the iniquity, the recklessness of spirit in the lives of believers is the only reason why they are subject to the powers of the devil. Were it not for those things, Satan has no; he can't, doesn't have power over them. So if they do have problems and they are suspecting it could be Satan, you cut off the attachment, which is what sin. Repent, confess, you get forgiven. Claim the forgiveness in Christ Jesus. You claim that redemption, and you are free. Again, it has to be a lie. How can it be everybody's problem? How come I've sat down many times and watched those people? One person after the other is the same thing. Open your eyes. It's not common sense. It is the same thing. They go for a service. They minister to 15 people with the same thing. I have never, ever heard it. I'm not saying that's never happened, but yet I've never encountered it. One of those manifestations calling people to repentance. No. They have never told the man why you are having problems that you are lazy, you are indisciplined. They never turn to a woman and say, well, "Do you know why you are having problems? You are not morally straight." They never told to the man. You need to give your life to Christ. It's putting a curse upon your life. They never said it. It's always somebody. Your enemies have said you will not prosper. They have said you will not marry. They have said you will not have promotion. They. It's always they. It's always they. Once you say they, just know it's a lie. I said to you under the authority of the Almighty God, that it is a lie. And if you believe it, you are going to enter into worse trouble than before. Stop believing lies. That's what they do all the time. Why is it strong in my heart again today? Let me deliver people. Your problem is not people. Satan himself cannot be a problem to you. How much more, small, small people that he's possessing. Jesus is who we must magnify. You see, people say they are doing church ministry. Satan is magnified from the beginning to the end. How can I minister to ten people? And all I have found is the power of the enemy in their lives. Why am I going into all of that? do not follow people for those funny things. Listen to me. No matter how accurately they, they, they because that's what they try to do. No matter how accurately they, they, they describe your matter, don't be impressed. Two reasons why you shouldn't be impressed. Number one, evil spirits know things. There's what is called familiar spirits, the python spirit. They know things. They will tell you things that happened that only you know about. You are going to a nature. Something happened. You are the only person in the car. Why you were in the car? Something happened. They will tell you about it. It's not a new why. They were following you. They're your friends. You go to the same beer parlor. And you know the most important place men collect them from? When men want to collect evil spirits that follow them, people, spirits that peep and mutter when they follow other women, strange women. So those girls, they, 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 have their bags full. They have their quiver full of evil spirits. As soon as you attach yourself to one, he that joins himself to a harlot is one with her. You collect one. You collect one. That one's us following you about. And listen, don't be impressed with GSM. Tele, te, you know, wireless telecom. Evil spirits have been calling home for a long time. In spiritual things, no distance. And the more you hide your iniquity, the stronger that spirit is in your life. Stays there, not going anywhere. be recording. You think you're on Facebook. They are facing you every day. Tell it. What you didn't write on Facebook, they know it. That's for those who even have real spiritual manifestations. The second set, why you can be deceived, they don't even need spiritual manifestations. They just need a smartphone. All your life is on Facebook. They will download it from there. You know there are a lot of these fake prophets in town. They are technology pastors. It's word of Facebook, word of WhatsApp, not word of knowledge. What they want to know: somebody's outside, they know when you drove in. As we're coming, as we're coming, you came with another man. They're like, "Yes, man of God, yes, man of God." You've seen the programs. Yes, man of God, you are impressed. Ah, I look at all foolish Galatians being impressed, and you stopped at the junction. The man bought you biscuit. Yes, man, you are impressed. Anyway, all these boys are there with binoculars, filming all of you as you are coming. Feeding him? Nonsense. Don't follow anybody for these manifestations. Follow people who teach you righteousness. Anybody that puts the blame at your feet, follow him. When they say to you, <coughs> like the one man I met, he said, okay, we'll tell you for another person, a pastor. They went to pioneer a walk somewhere in Ondo State. He didn't really quickly realize the mindset of the people. So when they come to him for prayers, as his prayer, you know what they are waiting for? The vision that he's having. He And you know, I just remembered that when we were young, I've been you know with relatives to, you know, I, 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 I went with my father once, went with my cousin another time, to one particular woman. It's not, I just remember. Each prayer ends with a vision. Lying visions, do I need to tell you? When I say lying visions, it doesn't mean they didn't see anything. They saw something. So this man was pioneering the church. So people come to him, they will pray. As soon as he finished praying, he said, in Jesus' name, amen. He opens his eye. They will say, Baba, kill a real. Those who understand not understand everybody know what that means. He says, sir, what did you see? Daddy, what did you see? So he initially, you know, with an open mind, I didn't see anything. What am I supposed to see? We are believing God. We are praying. It's after a while, he now got the, the trick. Oh, they want me to see. There's no problem. I will see. <laughs> There's no problem. I will see. So next time they will come, when they finish praying, when they ask him, Pastor, what did you see? He said, mm, I see that you are still walking in sin. I see that you have not yet repented. I see that iniquity is still in your hands. I see that you are not seeking the Lord with a whole heart. He said, I'm seeing scripture. What's wrong with what I'm seeing? <laughs> That's why he started seeing. He said, when they said, What did you see? No problem. I see that if you depart from sin, God will forgive you. I see that a walk in righteousness is a part of your progress. He started seeing. Because he's a true man of God. Many people, they go and start looking for how they will see. They, they see. And listen, I've heard this story. I think I've told it here before. Of many pastors do it. This guy get power to see this one began to see. He really was seen. Somebody is seen should not impress you. Please, I'm begging you, don't be impressed with those who see. Evil spirits are looking for who to talk to. This particular one, he went and collected power. He started seeing. True story. Don't don't meddle with Satan. No, he's a very wicked guy. So they started helping him to see. As he's preaching like this, he starts seeing things. After a while, now, I think I'm mixing two stories now. There was one you told me about the man that the spirit said, he got tired. They said, no, you must heal. <laughs> no, listen to me. They were going to run him mental. They run people mental. Oh, they do. When they didn't want to see anything, they will show him the visions. Leave me alone. They will talk to him. And it's not a joke. They are real things. You, you, they will be describing accurately people's lives for him. The other one I was telling you about, real preacher. Of course, and he began to see, he began to make money. How can you see and not make money? Who was telling me that to touch David's shoes is 25,000? How much is it? 25,000. That little rascal, you know him. <laughs> to, to touch his shoes is 25,000. With his heart of familiar spirits, that's how he's collecting people's money. And they are going there. Then when he said, Buy a book, they say Pastor, it's expensive. If I swear for you, eh? <laughs> All I told you is not a joke, and that guy, I hope you know, is a is a, a, a Now I'm not give, look. It, that's what he does. The hotel room he stayed once, you know, our, our brother told us one or one pastor. They called him, please come come and help us. What did they find there? Pot with blood, people's calories, people's what do you call it? Complimentary cards inside. If he does a program when it's done, go and look at look behind the screen. You will see all the paraphernalia of occultism behind it. Oh, you think I'm saying because I don't like somebody? I'm trying to deliver people's souls. So when they start seeing, they start, they start making money. They get rich overnight. This particular man, he, he said, before this, before I heard the story, the last program he did in Abuja, he came back with three cars. And I can I assure you, they're not old cars. Fine sharp rides that he collected as offerings from people. Three. There was only one problem. Those evil spirits that possessed him, they need to be fed. And the only way they get fed is through, the, through him having sex with a harlot. So every night after preaching, he must end up in bed with a prostitute. That was what was not driving him mental. So he ran to a friend of mine who's a pastor. Please help me. I told one, tell him if he really needs help. It's simple. It's, no, helping him is not hard. It's just that he won't be willing. People like him are usually not willing to do what is necessary. If he comes to me, helping him is easy. I won't pray for him. I said, don't worry. Do you have matches? Yes. You know where they say, kerosene? petrol? Yes. Go and pack all those cars you have made, you know, money you have made, cars, everything you have acquired in the last three years or two years that you went into this business. Put them together, put petrol on them, move back, light a match, let them burn to ashes. Did you build a house if it says yes? No problem. How many? One in the village, one in Enugu, one in Lagos. There's no trouble. You can't sell them. There are things you are not allowed to sell. There are things you can't give out as offerings. No, go and read the Bible. God will tell them when you get there, you burn everything. Even the gold you find there, burn it. You have a house like that in the village, good. Don't tell any villager, Just go, get a fire bomb. Make sure everybody is away. Set it on fire. Go to Lagos, set it on fire. The one in know. set it on fire. And God does not joke. Poverty will be your portion for the next five years. You will stop preaching, your polluted mouth you will go and get a job digging gutters somewhere. Because, you see, that is the only way you will eat. And if you will not do what I have said, you will die and go to hell. And if, look, listen, by the time God is pushing you to go and come, it's warning you, your day is short. Don't let anybody harass your soul because you are looking for miracles. They've collected your money. You are not better. Follow people only for the word of righteousness that they are preaching. The word that causes your heart to burn when you hear it. That word that lays the blame at your feet. That lets you know that you can walk in righteousness and God will bless you. That lets you know that if you walk in obedience to his precepts, goodness will be with you. That lets you know that you must depart from everything that looks like iniquity. Anybody is not preaching that to you, he's lying to you. I see them on TV all the time. Bundle of liars. Who the day of their judgment is near. Liars every single one of them. Making mockery of the name of Jesus. Who Jesus will soon speak against. Releasing the sword from his mouth. Piercing their hearts. And those who won't repent. Sending them to eternal damnation. Warn them. Won't tolerate this nonsense forever. For what? For money. Turning the hearts of children against their parents for money. Turning the hearts of sisters against each other for money. Suddenly the sister is a witch. Your brother's wife is a witch. You are the one that arranged her for your brother. She's your friend. You went to school together. You thought her such a good girl. You said, how hey, why won't my brother marry somebody like this? You arranged it. Now they are married. She's a witch all of a sudden. I said it the other time, I need to say it again. If the witch wants to come to your house, it's one of two things. Either you are so cold, Satan finds your house comfortable. or the fellow is not really a witch. I, I, diverse, I, no, I digress into that, i trying to bring out something. When we start preaching Christ, the church increases in number. Yes, the preacher will start making money if he starts preaching Christ. Church growth will happen. If you are thinking of church growth not happen, just drop the Christ that you are preaching your message. Church will grow. And many people do it. It's called buying to Satan. But of course, we're not going to do that. God forbid that we should even consider such things. So don't follow people for miracles. That's what I'm going to make. Never follow. Follow for the sake of righteousness. And we preachers must continue to preach righteousness no matter what happens. Please, I hope you're getting my point here. Now, so like I said, what I'm beginning to look at today is how God leads people. It's very important we understand it. Let's open our Bibles. I feel like reading a long portion from the book of Psalms. Christ is everything. That's what we've been saying. Christ is everything. Let's preach Christ. Let's walk in the knowledge of Christ. Everything we we want in life is in Christ Jesus. So like I said, we're going to look at the life of David. From that, we'll take examples of what God does in the lives of his children. How he works in the lives of his people. Oh, okay, now, I have two Psalms I want us to read. I'm thinking, okay, let, for time's sake, let's read the first one. Next time, we we'll read the second one, all right? Let's read Psalm 16. 104 is, really, is pretty long. That's the other one I want us to read, but... Divine lifting. How does it work? We'll look at the life of David and see how he walked with God and how God lifted him. Now, I'm reading 16 because um, it's relatively short. I'm going to read all 11 verses. Preserve me, O God... For I take refuge in you. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good besides you. As for the saints who are in the earth, they are the majestic ones in whom is all my delight. That is, the rich ones are not the people I set as examples. I hope you're getting that point here. Is the saints. That is, I consider sainthood majesty, not wealth majesty. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. That is, it is easy for us, even as believers, to glorify Billionaires. Sometimes we hear Christians talk. He said, Look, the world didn't know how to do it. You know what David said? They are not the people I consider majestic. They are the majestic ones. As for the saints who are in the earth, they are the majestic ones in whom is all my delight. People's wealth, that's not my delight. It's sainthood. People who walk in holiness. They are the ones I hold in high esteem. That's exactly what David was telling us here. Now let's continue reading. Which verse are we in? Okay. Please, I just feel like reading three in New Living Translation. For those who have it, you've seen it. He said, the godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. I, I love that. Let's go on to verse 4. The sorrows of those who have battered for another god will be multiplied. I shall not pour out their drink offerings of blood, nor will I take their names upon my lips. Now, why do people batter for other gods? Why, now the word batter, okay, is that they exchange valuable things for other gods. All right. I like the New Living Translation, and sorry, New American Standard there. That they have battered. That is, they have taken their values and exchanged it for other gods. They have exchanged the knowledge of their God for other gods. Why would they do that? It is simple. Because they have other heroes apart from godly people. They have made the rich people their heroes. They have made those who have prospered their heroes. That is, those who have become very powerful in the land are their heroes. David said, no, my own heroes are who? The godly ones. Please bear it in mind. He said, verse um, 5. The Lord is a portion of my inheritance and my cup. You support my lot. The lions have fallen to me in pleasant places. Indeed, my heritage is beautiful to me. I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. Indeed, my mind or my reins instructs me in the night. I have said the Lord continually before me, because he's at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell securely. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You will make known to me the path of life, in your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. Now, I just wanted to read all of this and you see what I'm introducing today concerning divine lifting. Now, what I'm sharing with you as, you, as you say, is the singular most important lesson I've learned in the last two years. You know, there are things you know, there are things you have learned. But for me, this is something that God has thrust into the front of my heart. Basically, through observing things, personal experiences, and observing other people. And these observations have confirmed for me what I've always known theoretically from Scripture. I hope you're getting my point here. Let me give you an example. Now, every time we, we eat, we are taught as believers to give thanks. Now, God does not take vain glory. Why we give him thanks is because he's actually worthy of that thanks. I hope you're getting my point. Now, you know what that means? If you have granuts in your hand, you know granuts. it's easy to buy, 20 naira, you can get a small wrap. Everyone you toss into your mouth was ordained to be delivered to you by the Lord. And that is why you must give him thanks. Now, I'm going somewhere. About the most important lesson I have learned, things that have become, something that has become so clear to me in the last two years thereabout is what I'm teaching this season. And that is the fact that God actually holds my life, and the life of every believer in his hands. Of course, he holds, he holds the whole world in his hands, but let's get really personal. I know God actually holds my life in his hands, and everything that comes to me as a blessing, he has to personally ordain and direct, except I should change it, reject it. Listen to this. There is nothing, even though I appear to have worked for it myself, it is not really my doing it is God that specifically instructed, said deliver this one to Banky. Open your Bible to Psalm 104. It's a long one. We won't read it fully. But I just want you to understand something here. Divine lift is what I'm talking about. And it's important Christians understand it. Now, he was describing God's glory here. I wanted us to read the whole thing, but like I told you, it's quite long. And because of time, I'm going to have to you know, leave that until another time. But let's just bring out something here. Just go down with me to verse... Um, eighteen I am going down to verse twenty three. Alright, we'll read th- those few verses, about six of them. He said the high mountains are for the wild goats, the cliffs are a refuge for the shepherd name. Oh let, just for you understand what that means, let me see what the other name for it. Wild goats. Okay, it said for the high <laughs> the other option is even more difficult. Just leave it. They are little animals you know that uh, my Bible describes them here. Let's not waste time. They're like you know rock badgers some of the, something like that, okay? But they're slightly different, so let's just leave it. Now, verse 19. He made the moon for the seasons. The sun knows the place of his dwelling. Now, verse 20. You appoint darkness, and it becomes night, in which all the beasts of the forest prowl about. Now, that darkness, look at what it does in verse 21. This is what I want. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their food from God. Now, notice this. If you have, there's another translation I have, which says that they are stalking the food that New Living Translation says. You see the young lions roar for their prey, stalking the food provided by God. Now notice this. Who provided the food? God. But they still had to get up and go and collect it. The fact that you walk and something comes into your hand does not give you the glory. Are you seeing the point I'm trying to get us to understand here? This is one thing I have understood. When you are making plans, that's why James said people who are making plans will just vanish like smoke. If they say we'll do this, we'll invest it, listen. You see all the people that are telling you principles how to make money, most of them have never made money. Which book have you read that was written by Dangote? Most people who write books about making money have not made. In fact, they wrote the book to make. <laughs> they are hoping you will buy I have learnt it. Oh, I have learned it. My wife can testify. We have sat down at home and meditated. Solomon said, I looked and I considered. I have discovered that the race is not to the swift. I have found that the battle is not to the strong. Bread is not to the mighty, nor favor to men of understanding. He said, what, well, you know what I have seen? Time and chance happens to them all. That scripture is so true that when you look at it under the sun, time and chance. But Paul said, we have understood that if you look above the sun, it is of God that shows mercy. Please, what I'm doing in this series is to stir up your face to believe God. Because when you recognize what I'm I'm teaching, you will run up and down looking for anything. No, you won't. Say, will I become lazy? No. The young lions are not lazy. They're not lazy. They still have to go and collect the food God has provided. You know, a few nights ago, my wife and I were at home. We were talking about it. We were laughing. Something led to it. She was describing somebody and said that, ah, that as that woman was speaking, she went somewhere and somebody was speaking. She said, I just said, wow, this woman is blessed. She said to me, he said, my husband, you know one the thing I liked about it? Anytime she will speak, she will say, Ah, God now did this. The Lord showed us favor here. And you know, God did this one. We thank God that she kept on punctuating everything with God, 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 God. He said, This certainly is one of the manifestations and possibly the reason why God blessed this woman because she understood that it has to be God. But this is what we're making. She now said something. He said that both of us were talking. There are many people not realizing this. Nobody now do. They start telling the woman to come and teach them how. The steps, you know, I said that is where the problem starts. The Bible says he himself does not know how. There are no steps. No. He said, no, 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 you will not sit at home. The young lions will have seen what? They still prowl around. They still roar. They will still get up and go and harvest that which God has provided. They still will get up and do that. However, if God does not provide it, Raw from now till to tomorrow, you will come back home hungry. It doesn't mean the people will be lazy. It doesn't mean someone will just sit down and do nothing. But no matter how hard the lion roars and he prowls, you know the truth? If God has not supplied that food, he will get nothing. Open to Psalm 137, we should read this one. We all know it, but it's beautiful to read. Have you noticed that it's just Psalms we are reading? It's just appropriate. I didn't plan it like that, it just happening. <laughs> You see that definitely looking at the life of David is something we must do. For us to see how God helps David. Psalm one thirty seven. Unless the Lord builds the house, the labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors. For the Lord gives to his beloved even while he sleeps. Even in his sleep. No, not the Lord sleeping. Like, why the beloved is sleeping. Are you getting my point? (laughs) He gives to his beloved even while he sleeps or in his sleep. What is he saying here? Notice what he said. Except the Lord builds a house, the labor in vain who build it. So they will still build. Even if the Lord builds, the people must still build. I, I hope you're getting my point here. So, for example, if God wants to give Israel the land, he will say, he will give them the, the map. These are the areas I have given you. From here to the great river, from this particular place, from Dan to Beersheba, you describe everything for them. You now say, uh, you see, when you see the land of the Edomites, don't touch it. I did not give you that one. When you see the land of the Ammonites, don't touch it. You see, the Edomites are your brothers. Leave their land for them. You know? He said, if you cross them, the Moabites, please leave it to. I have not given you. you know what he said? As much as where your foot will stand, I have not given to you. So if you want water from them, buy. It. But he'll just turn, when you see the Hittites, the Amorites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, collect his land. Now, we know what he now said. Begin, he said, see, today, I have given you Nusihon, the king of the, um. anyway, you know those people. I don't have their names in my head now. He said, now begin to contend with him in battle. This is Og of Bashan. Contend with him in battle. I have given you his land, so you can now do what? Content in battle. If you turn around and contend with the Edomites, nothing for you. With the same strength, you face people that did not give you their land, you will lose the battle. So the strength that they had was meant to be used to collect that which God has already given. Every gift comes from Him. But those who don't understand, you know, when they've seen a man who's successful, that's why I keep on telling people when they want to learn this principles of success, they follow people who have succeeded. Those who know me enough, you know I don't do such things. You know why? The method by which one man succeeds is not the method by which the next person will succeed. And the person you are following did not know the method when he began to succeed. It was when he had finished succeeding, he now looked back and drew a map of how he got here. But when he left, he didn't have the map. Even a man like Steve Jobs that does not know, that did not know the things that we know, scriptures, even he said it. He said, no one can really connect the dots going forward. That you can only connect the dots looking backwards. That is, you look at Steve Jobs, how did he get here? He said, me too, I didn't know. I don't know. I was just, I was just, listen to this, I was just fooling around. I was just dabbling into this, dabbling into that. Then God guided my hands into the place where you have seen me successful now. I cannot look back and tell you the things that I did. But you, now, Banky wants to add his own words now. You go and do it. You won't get to where I got to. For a number of reasons, number one, simply put, your name is not Steve Jobs. Two, God has not given you the same thing. Your purpose in life is different. I hope you're getting my point. Where you will get to in life is different. The goal of God for your life is different. One of the most difficult things for Christians to do is to just rest, trusting that God will take them to where he wants to. I have realized Listen, once you gave your life to Christ, you have entered. You know, you have entered. You know what they call enter. It's Nigerian English. I don't know how, how they say it in common English. That's common English, eh? Okay, you don't enter. <laughs> you are in it already. You have to follow him fully. Let me tell you how God is. Once you leave Egypt, please make sure you enter the promised land. Otherwise you die in the wilderness. It's better not to leave Egypt at all. Than to leave Egypt and not be fighting Moses. You won't make it. You will fail. You will die in the wilderness. You will have lived longer. There are Jews who refused to mark their door. Their first son died. Not a problem. But they lived to old age in Egypt. And their names are not known today. They died, in non, they died as non-entities. The memories of them perished. They contributed nothing to the coming of Jesus Christ. But at least they enjoyed Egypt. Let's leave it like that. They ate garlic, cucumbers, all kinds of, you know, all kinds of spices. They ate even the locusts that they left behind, fried it thing, chop them, everything. But then eternally they disappeared. It is better for you to live like that than to follow Moses through that Red Sea, enter into the wilderness, and refuse to follow him into the promised land. Listen, you have bought trouble. What am I not to say? When you claim you gave your life to Christ, you gave it to him. Many people are negotiating with Christ Jesus. who will serve you. You, protect, you provide protection. When we are sick, you heal. What to do is that, you know, when our children go to school, we can't be there with them. So you supply protection for them. In return, we'll go to church. In return, we give offerings. We give fresh fruits, tithes, value-added tithes, special seed, buffalo offering. Pastor can call it anything. We will give. But God, this is what you will do for us. Take care of our children. We will build houses in here and there. Please make sure the houses don't spoil. It sounds funny. This is what the Lord... Oh, and you kill our enemies. This is what a lot of people call Christianity. But you know what? That's not Christianity. Let me define Christianity for you. When you give your life to Christ, first, what the Lord does is he tells you what it means to give your life to Christ. Listen to this. Those children that you are talking about, he first says, they are my own. They are no longer yours. And if you did not have them before you gave your life to Christ, and you are having them in Christ, the better. As they are coming, he will tap, tap you, this is not your child. Is my servant. I'm sending to your house. Help me take care of him. Keep him. When the time comes, when I want to call him to go and save me in Sambisa Forest, you must let him go. Did you hear what I said? I did not give you this child to carry the name of your family forward. You don't have a family. The only family you have now is what? Christ. Christ is your family. So as long as he or she is serving the purpose of God, relax. Those that have made up my medicine will be an engineer. Me that gave him to you. I don't think so. He's not going to be an engineer. He's going to be a praise worship leader. He's going to be a missionary in Sambisa Forest. I have ordained him to be the one to combat the hardest Islamists. Before he does that, they will shoot him five times. But don't worry, he will survive. And if he dies, none of your business. He's not your son, he's mine. I know what? Let me tell you how God is with people, Christians. If you are a child of God, this is how your life is. Read your Bible very well. This is how God is with believers. He does strange things to his prophets. Go and lead those days. Do you know he killed two of Aaron's sons in one day and said Aaron was not allowed to mourn them? Was it Ezekiel's wife he took? and told Ezekiel not to cry. And they told him in the morning, you "No, know, that today I'm about to take away the love of your life. And I don't want to hear Meh. Being a believer, listen to me, you have built a career, God is watching you. When you get a PhD, you know, you went to do a, 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 a master's in uh, MIT, your PhD is in Harvard. God is just watching you. Say, this boy, I will do you a strong thing. <laughs> Don't worry. Then the, a month before you finish in Harvard, PhD, you know, you have your plans between you and your unbelieving father, you have plans for what your life is going to be when you come back. So what God, the day, the month before you finish, before you go and defend your thesis, an angel will come to your room. Fred, can I help you? Yes. The Lord sent me to you. Pack your back and go home. I say, I have exam next to you. He say sorry, you can't write it. When I get home, what will I do? It will be shown to you then, when you have reached home. It will be, it will be so clear. Then you get home. Your father said, what are you doing around? Ah, oh, have you finished? He said, no, dad, when is your final exam? It's next. It's about three weeks away. So what are you doing here? the Lord said, come home. Listen to me. Some, some people like that, their father would disown diso- him that day and be reconciled to them in 15 years. When he's now 80 years old. I'm not saying does to everybody, but I have a feeling he's going to do it to one or two people here and he has done it to one already. Don't be angry. That's just how he does. So what impresses you does not impress him. Your PhD is not even what the paper it is printed on as far as it's concerned. After every everything you wrote in that thesis is a lie. <laughs> Think about it you proved things that were not true. Okay, oh no no you, you, you did a masters in in, in, in microbiology, you no, know, genetics and you went into cancer research and all of that and you finally found it the focus that causes prostate cancer in people and God says it's a lie. Why do I give people prostate cancer is disobedience? And when I forgive them, I heal them with all the genes faulty, like you saw it. So listen, your PhD does not impress him. It's not what the paper is printed on. You wrote thesis, and the angels are laughing. See, these human beings are so foolish. They give this boy a distinction for this lie. <laughs> uh, listen, let me not take you from my message. I will have started. I will have been telling you stories. The first man that said that viruses can cause cancer. It didn't even say virus. Says said there's things that we can filter away from fluids that cause cancer. Do you know what? He only got his Nobel Prize because they don't give, give Nobel Prizes except you are still alive. Do you understand? Uh, there was one that caused some issue earlier on the year. Uh, they issued the prize before the presentation the man died. So they should now, do we withdraw it or not? They don't give Nobel Prize except if you are still alive. Anyway, the only reason this man got his Nobel Prize was that he's one of those people that God kept alive till it was 90-something. Because he got his Nobel Prize when it was 80-something or 90-something. Why? They did not believe him for more than 50 years. They finally found it to be true. How many years later? So forget all these things you are shouting about. God is not impressed with them. Let me see my message. So he does that to Christians. Sometimes he will tell this is what it means to give your life to Christ. I have made up my mind that every plan you have is a foolish plan and it will not work. That's It's not negotiation that bless me. No, I will serve you, you bless me. He doesn't negotiate. He collects you completely. Your plans, he collects. Your ambition, he changes it. You've always wanted the day you will live large, you know, they will travel here because you are not going anywhere. What are you going to do? You are going to pastor a church, maximum size, 100 people. And they will change every three years because I've I've made you a migrant pastor. That is, only those who are migrating will come to your church that is they will never know each other because those who came this in 2015 2018 they are all gone your friends will build churches that have 10,000 people their birthday is a national event your own your birthday you will be burying somebody who died inside the bush where all of you went for a mission at least the man gave his life to Christ when you people came that's how it does you see some of these we set in front of us they are not his idea He doesn't care about them. He doesn't, he's not impressed. He's not impressed with the quality of your clothes, the kind of food you eat, where you live, which country, how good your roads is. Doesn't impress it, doesn't impress him at all. Let's get that clear. This serving God is in exchanging manner is not Christianity. Let me say it to you again. Those who have not heard it, you can't give an offering because you want to prosper. That your money is gone. You have given it, you didn't get anything. You know why you are not supposed to give anything? To get anything. You're not supposed to get. You know why? When God collects your money, He said, now you have woken up to your responsibilities. That's all He says. He says, look at you. You are living for yourself all this while. Somebody else, I cannot even go to sleep praising me because of you. So that first day you give that dangerous offense, God said, at last you have woken up and say, you blessed me back. The one I did before, have you paid for it? That's how God reasons. Please, I want Christians to understand these things. He is the one, that's, ah, I feel like I listen to this, listen to this. You can't just get up, leave Nigeria and go to Iraq because you like it. You know, I say joke, it sounds like a joke here, but even though I know I'm not joking. Many Christians will drown when they are being smuggled to Libya, to Europe. Why? God says, once he goes to Europe, his destiny is wiped out. So, why does he still take, why do we still need to keep him and protect him? There was a day one, um, one immigrant, one, one migrant, sorry, was thrown off the ship into the water because he was a Christian and the rest of the people, on the boat, they were Muslims. Maybe they found out he was a Christian. So they got angry with him and junered him. You know? Now, there was only one problem. There was no fish to swallow him. But the thing leaked. So they arrested the migrants when they got to Europe. And they put them on trial for murder. That's how come we heard the story. When I read the story, I just laughed. I wasn't happy that somebody died. And they said it was a Christian. I just said, God, yours, God has been warning that guy. Don't leave your country. He left. He got to leave here. God warned him. Go back home. He didn't. When he stopped, you know, you know what happened to Jonah it was exactly what happened to him. The only difference is that he was not quick like Jonah to repent, so he drowned. They are now blaming the Muslims who drowned him. What God just said is that you were not supposed to leave the place I kept you. You were supposed to stay there and endure hardship. Christianity is not a life of ease. When I see the way people testify on, like, I got a visa. I'm not saying getting a visa is bad. I've gotten a visa before too. But it's not a testimony. It's like I bought a bus ticket. It's whether you are going somewhere reasonable that matters. It's because you think America is God. That's why you should come up to and um, give me a testimony. Ha. They almost not give me, but I thank God. i just be looking at you like a confused So I'm not impressed. I am not impressed. The faithful ones, the godly ones in the land, they are my true heroes. I'm not impressed with people who tell me that, ah, I have the passport, but what, we have to serve God now. I told him my friend, my brother went to US sometime, was it last year or earlier in the year, this, this particular story. For certain, for certain reasons, he went, he went and he was behaving funny. So the security people decided to interrogate him. When they sat in the look at the passport, they were surprised, British passport. Where are you going? Nigeria. Why are you going to Nigeria? That's where I live. What's your problem? Where, where you live in Nigeria, I live in Sokoto. They say they were amazed. I'm a pastor. That's what impresses me. The godly ones are my heroes. Not you sold everything to get. No, there are people who have it and they're not impressed. This is what God does. He, has, he owns your life. He owns you totally. I have realized. Do you know what? Let me say this so I can close with it. There is no method of having a successful business. Every business, either God gave it to you or he didn't give you. I've seen people succeed in one business, they try to replicate it elsewhere. It failed colossally. This is the mistake we now make. When a man succeeds, like I was saying earlier, we now invite him to come and tell stories. Sometimes I see it a lot of times. They invite rich, this one I'm thinking of now is rich women. They gather themselves to come and talk to young, confused women on how to make money too. Tell my wife, anyway, my wife doesn't even go to such places anyway, so. There's nothing I don't need to tell her if I see your leg there. Me and you will pray for two days. No. She doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't you know it doesn't the kind of wife i married. If I want to turn into an association of big women, she's not coming. She's not coming. I see it a lot of times. And we don't understand there is something they know. What do they know? There's a lie, they know nothing. The Bible says He himself does not know how. If a child of God, your only credible instruction for your life is in the scriptures. The only credible instructions for your life is in the scriptures. Dangote, if he's teaching on how to make money today and you find me listening, it's curiosity. I'm telling you, look, I'm not an ignorant man. I read. One of the books I quote on wealthy people is how to be rich by the the world's richest man of that time. J.P. Getty. Paul Getty said, how do you make money? He said, rise up early, go to bed late, and strike oil. When he said that, I said, you are very foolish. That is why his son had to say money was a curse to our family. He was the world's richest man at that time. Yet his son said money was a curse to our family. Why? Because he said, rise up early, go to bed late, and strike oil. I said, but even in that you can see, because I read the whole book, There is no way you can be sure you will strike oil. Many people have woken up early. They've gone to bed late. After drilling like four or five holes that were dry and did not strike oil, they were owing so much to the banks, they were liquidated, and that was the end of their drilling experience. Even here, as he was teaching, there was a time he explained that he struck so much oil, his enemies, his rivals in business, decided to drown him in his own oil, because if you strike oil, you are drilling oil, and nobody's buying. what is the advantage? So you know what happened? They all conspired, because he was not dominant, So they all conspired that no refinery should buy oil from Paul Getty. So he started storing oil, started storing oil. His stores were about to fill up. He was not selling. What is going on? He said, "I'm telling this story to let you know that all men are not the same." Then the head of Royal Dutch Shell came to America. That was how God delivered him. And he went to the man's hotel room. And Paul Getty, what can I do for you? I have a lot of oil, but nobody's buying. So by the time he, he, the man heard the story, he realized that this is a deliberate conspiracy to ruin this man. So the man said, just give the instruction to all Shell refineries, buy the oil. By that, he broke the hold. Once somebody started buying, the rest had to buy said so that was how he survived. How do you decide that? So when I read that portion of his book, Get Up Early, Go to Bed Late, and Strike Oil, I say you lie. You lie. The Bible says it is vain to rise up early and go to bed late and eat the bread of sorrows. He ate plenty of it. His son said money was a curse to our family. The scripture says the Lord gives to his beloved even while he sleeps. That same oil made Mary Kay rich. Mary Kay ash. Many of you, you women, don't put up your hand, but some, many of you here, you have Mary Kay painted on your faces. If I have a witness, say amen. Yes, it's true now, but I know now. I can identify Mary Kay from a distance. I'm not kidding. There's a, there's a way it looks. It looks Mary kay just Mary Kay thing about it. If you put Mary Kay on your face, once you enter like this, I just say, ah, oh, this is Mary Kay. Nothing looks like it. Amen. Humanity is looking at me like, what? <laughs> How do you know such things? Don't worry. I, I like Mary Kay as a person because when I read her book, Miracles Happen, I learned a lot. There's a chapter in the book, which I like to repeat the story once in a while, titled, You Can't Outgive God. Mary Kay made money from oil while She slept. Forget he said rise up early, go to bed late and strike oil. Mary Kay did not rise up at that time in, that, in, in this particular case, did not go to bed on any matter. She forgot about it. Her son came to her and said, "I have a friend who developed a new way to prospect for oil. Maybe he 's a geologist or something. you know he's into technology that this guy's technology is good. it works. Mommy invests money. so she invested money and forgot about it and literally... Forgot. You know this kind of thing. You have plenty of it. So she didn't remember at all. The story around that was one day her pastor called her. And said, please, we need to build. We have been building an extension to our children's church. It's taking years. Please help us beg people to give money. The date was her turn to speak on that matter. She, I mean, she woke up late for certain reasons. And had no speech prepared. She's not an extra temporal speaker like some of us. She had to prepare her speech. So, she had no speech prepared. So, while she was applying her Mary Kay cosmetics (laughs) inside her bathroom, a thought dropped in her mind. And she said, if people say they hear from God, that is, I think, that was my own only or closest experience. A voice just dropped in her heart. Offer to double whatever they give. On a good day, they get like $2,000, $1,000, $5,000. That day, an angel came down. Anointing, like the day of Pentecost, they get five thousand dollars. But they never got that. You they get like two thousand. She got there, she spoke, rambled, rambled. Then suddenly said, Look, look, let's cut through everything. Let me just get down to it. Anything you guys give today, I will double it. If you gather ten thousand dollars, I'll give you another ten thousand. Let me make a long story short. I've told the story many times. You can get it from the book Miracles Happen. The title, the chapter is titled, You Can't Outgive God. That day. She said, it has to be cash. I don't do credit business. It's cash. Nobody buys my goods on credit. In the same manner, we are not raising money for this church today on credit basis. So anything you are giving, you must give it today during this service. The pastor had to beg her that please, people have already come to church. So give them time to go home and prepare. Okay. You have till tomorrow morning. So tomorrow morning, people came home, redeemed their pledges. Remember, on good days, how much did they used to get? One thousand, two thousand dollars. If an angel comes down, maybe they get five, but I don't think they ever got five. So next morning, her phone rang. It was the, the head deacon saying that, sorry, we are calling you late. Because she was wondering, they had not heard from them. What is going on? He said, sorry, we are calling you late because we need to have an emergency meeting on the matter. So they said, please, we hereby release you from that pledge you made in the front of the people of God. Say so what? You offer to double anything they give. Please don't bother. The church, and they had the power to do it, if you know the way God works. We hereby, as a church, in agreement, free you. We free you. Free me. (laughs) We free you. (laughs) And the woman said to them, I'm sorry. I made my pledge. I will fulfill it. So how much is the money? She said, in her wildest imagination, she thought that, okay, because of all of this talk, the money must be up to $10,000. The man said to her, it was $106,000. Which, remember, she also had to pay when? That day. No credit business. <laughs> so that day. Let's make a long story short. The the, the king repeated it. Please, with, I told you earlier, you are free. The woman said, I also told you earlier, I will pay. She intended to go to the bank and go and borrow the money. She was still on that seat. She was still there thinking. Then the phone rang again, the same phone. Remember? strike oil. The same phone rang and her son, the same one, called her and said, Mommy, why is it, listen to this, that everything you touch turns to gold? She said, what are you talking about? So said, remember my friend, you invested in the technology? She said, yes. He said, they struck oil and your share in the first month, listen to me, in the first month, is over a $100,000. Did you hear what I said? Just now, she was wondering, where do I get $106,000 to pay before the end of the day? She was a rich woman. She could raise the money. She could raise the money. But before she got up, you know what God said? That $100,000 I will give you in one month. So if you think she made all her money from Medicaid cosmetics, it's not so. That is the one you know. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. She pursued something. Other things were added to her. The woman struck oil without thinking about oil. The woman struck oil without keeping her awake for oil. The woman struck oil while she slept. You know what she said? That, that day when she was going to church, she said, it was not pride. You know, you know, before, you know, there are times like, we are giving to God. Praise God. We are giving to God. We are the ones supporting this ministry. According to Bishop Bridick, we are the bontarigis. Pastor cannot do anything without us. We are the ones. He knows. There are five of us. We thank God. Anytime pastor needs a million, we bring 950,000 and tell him to raise the balance 50,000. Amen. We thank God. So you are feeling righteous. She said that they know that couldn't happen to her. That she literally was trembling as she was going to church. That like, God, is this how you are? He said, God, essentially what she was saying that, so where I am today is not because I labored. It's not because I struggled. It is the grace of God working with me. Listen, people, you, we need the power of God. We need to activate that power, first of all, by recognizing that that's how it is. Listen, that's why I said with confidence, those days when I was first in Lagos, people say, you are going to Enugu, the money is in Lagos. A number of issues, number one, I'm not living for money. Where money is, is not my problem. It's where God, by divine arrangement, is sending me that matters. And listen to me, because I believed that, is why I came. And that's why you are here this evening. That's number one. But I said, no, that doesn't even matter. What matters is that every blessing is commanded. He said, behold, I will cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river, and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. He's the one that makes it flow. One of the things you must learn in your life is to open your hands and let God pour into it. That's why Solomon said, better is one hand full you know, how did he say it again? Oh, I need to quote it well. He said, "Better it's a one hand full of rest is better than both hands, two, two fists full of labor." No, let me quote it properly. Ecclesiastes. I like the way Solomon said it. It is very that is oh God, it's beautiful. Say a one hand full of rest is better than two fists. Just, I just feel like quoting it properly. Yes, that, I got it right. He said, that's Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 6. He said, one handful of rest is better than two fists full of labor and striving after wind. That's New American rendering. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 6. Someone was saying, listen, learn to walk with one hand and have the other one open so that God can bless it. I don't know whether you get my point. Let me summarize my message. Not from the East, nor from the West, comes promotion. God is judge. Is the one that lifts people up. Nobody's certificate will lift him up because they don't have the power. I said to you, the mistake people make is that when God wants to give somebody something, there are labels the fellow will get involved in for the thing to happen. I hope you're getting my point. There are labels you would necessarily will get involved in for the thing to happen. People now mistakenly think it's those labels that brought the thing. I'm saying to you again today, it's not the labels. Don't be confused by anybody's story. So that you start following their footsteps. Don't be confused. There is something that God wants to do in your life he has never done in somebody else's life. So there's nobody to follow. There is something he wants to do. Nobody else before you has experienced it. So there's nobody to follow. And listen to me, where you will get to in life, these are the things I want to say to you. You will get there no matter how dead the environment seems. Say amen if you believe that. Many people, the Bible says, they are seeking the king's favor. You know what you need? To seek the favor that comes from God. Many people are there seeking the king's favor. But what we need is the favor that comes from God. Every time people are looking for where the promotion will be, they are young, but instead of working hard, they are waiting for when they will get the visa. Some are going back to school. Because, you know, really, people go to school for funny reasons. They are going back to school so they can have a higher qualification to get a higher job. Right now, they don't have anyone they are doing. And listen... You can gather all your money and go abroad for extra qualification. Listen to me. eh? It doesn't guarantee anything. I know many people with masters from abroad that can't get a job. You see that that long story they wrote about, about Peter Obi. Have I, I, many of you have seen Peter Obi's uh, CV? Just between me and you don't be deceived by that. It's all a bunch of lies. These are three, three week courses that he did as a multi-millionaire. When I say uh, this in Harvard. The guy went, paid the story he told, the one you see from Kellogg's business school, he paid. for the course. Two weeks. Oh no, one one month. Oh, you think that is what got him to where he... No. He did those courses already made. Oh, people say, oh, look at it. Don't be fooled. Have you seen the CV? All those things, they are not up to... All of them put together. It's not up to the time you spent in one year in Esut. I'm not kidding. There are three-week courses, one-month courses... You see, you you'll be wondering how did a man read this amount of book? By now, you should be a professor times five. Is it like? Oh, go, go and pick it up. All of them, you see, London School of Economics, uh, uh, what the Harvard Business School. They are all three, three weeks, two, two weeks, one, one you no know, one month courses that the man went for. Don't go and sell your father's land now because you want to get the course so you can become vice presidential candidate too. That was not what made the man. Know. I know what I'm telling you because a lot of young people now they are already confused. <laughs> they don't even know what really happened. See, all those things you see, Peter Bill was already super rich before he went for the first one. And then God, doesn't go. <laughs> so, <laughs> yet when he wanted to start the refinery, seven billion personal dollars he put down. <laughs> The man pulled it and put it down. The rest of the world balanced him $10 billion to build that thing for 17, 16 17 billion. When he goes to Harvard, he goes to teach. <laughs> no, no, let's get this things straight. Mary Kay never, never went near Harvard. They study her in Harvard today. So, don't let any human being confuse I see what you need in life now is to be able to go abroad. So, you've been harassing your father. You've been harassing your father. Your father is just struggling to, you know, put the other people. You have cousins and younger ones that are still trying to go to school. You want to kill the man because you just feel that if you listen to him, let me give you the word of God go, come back, you won't get a job. People will be CV is causing problems for those who don't know what happened. I mean, I can get to Harvard. man don't chop a left go Harvard, come back, put down for CV. It's because he wants to run for VP. That's why they're using to impress us. Man was made before he went in those places. The Lord is good. What am I saying all of these things? It's God that lifts people up. You may see environments seem to cooperate, but it's God that's working. Time will not allow us, but I wanted to show us that David, we'll get to it of course, men gathered to help David become king. They gathered from everywhere. They gathered with one purpose in mind, to make David king. Do you know why? God had already ordained him king. It's not as if you need human connection to become king. We can analyze all we want. Buari, Osibajo, Atiku, B. God decided since last year who will be president next year. I hope you know that. Yes. We can just be reading the signs to decide maybe this is the person God decided. But he has decided as of today. He, the angels are watching drama. All this one they are doing is called home movie. Uh, Michael will tell Gabriel shift. Give me popcorn. Sit down. They chop. They watch movie. That, all this one we are doing. All of this one we are doing, doing, doing primaries in, uh, in the portacols, running, and declaring uh, President Buhari is sole candidate for APC. All of it is what drama. Who will win next year? God has decided. And who will be dead before that time? It's already decided. <laughs> I hope you know that. One, is, there was one governor. Which state? Is that not cookie? As they were doing the election, the man did die for house. He won the election. Let's not say he won anyway, but he won the election. They said, Oh, guy, you don't win. Oh, guy, you, you don't die. That is, the guy was already dead. So when they were doing the campaign, one ninja was saying, Oh, guy, don't bother campaigning. Yeah, you know, I will do what I did before. One ninja said, Oh, guy, you won't be here to do this thing. <laughs> he did not believe. God reigns in the affairs of mankind. Yes. That's not our message. Let's down our message. Our message is that God has prepared something for you. Amen. And he, he said I should tell you today, he has taken it upon himself to lift you up to that level. So don't struggle with me. Don't run up and down. Walk with me. Dwell in the land. Cultivate faithfulness. The same way I sent people, to help David. I will send men to help you. I will send the weather to help you. I will send the government to help you. Your friends will help you. Now listen to this. Your enemies, they will help you. They will all gather to make you the king that I have made you already. And nobody is big enough to stop it. The only person that can say no is you. That's what God is saying. Live here with that in mind. The only person that can say no is you. And as we go on, if God allows us, we'll discuss how many times we say no. Let's bow down our heads and say, Lord, thank you. Let's glorify him for who he is. Let's glorify him for who he is. Every time in life, you must know God has a name. And the name I want you to know today is that he's the one that lifts me up. That is the name of God, the God that lifts me up. That is his name, the God that, call him by that name in your prayer, the Lord that lifts me up. The Lord that is when you are saying you are saying my certificate is not lifting me up, my passport is not lifting me up. The environment I lived in is not lifting me up. It is the Lord that is lifting me up. Just him, nobody else. People may cooperate, people may help, but they are only fulfilling the plan of God. They are not doing anything that God did not plan. They are not doing anything that the Lord did not plan. It is the Lord that lifts me up. Call him by that name. If we are blessed, they give me an amen. God is your lifter. If you believe that, give me an amen. amen. Can you just put those hands up and just say, Lord, I receive that lifting from you again today. I receive it. I receive it. And I receive life. You won't die until you have seen God's glory in your life. Amen. Say, Lord, I receive life. I receive protection. I receive protection. Remember, we have the meditations of the highest cult. So declare it today. This is the word for this week. This is a word for this that is Between our next hour, just take this word with you. God is lifting me up. And I will not die until I have seen God's glory. Put that meditation on your mouth. Put it on your mouth. I will not die until the glory of God has been manifested in my life. I will not die. No bullet will kill you. No bomb will kill you. No fire will kill you. No disease will kill you. Nothing. Because you need to seek God's glory. You need to seek God's glory. God must manifest His glory in your life. That is the word for this week. That is the word for this week. God is my lifter. And I will not die until He has lifted me up into the place that He ordained for me. God is my lifter, and I will not die. I want this to be your meditation. Wake up in the morning and say it. When you are going to bed at night, say it. Listen to me; it will heal your diseases. It just by you are not talking about diseases. You are just saying God is my lifter, and I will not die until the glory of God has been manifested in my life. Just by saying that, just by saying it, you will be healed. Cancer will disappear. Blood disease will disappear. Hereditary problems will disappear all kinds of trouble, blood disease. I feel like saying that blood disease will disappear. You will be healed. Just by uttering this word, the Lord is my lifter and I will not die until God's glory has been shown in my life. Father, we give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It is well with you in Jesus' name. Amen. As you depart from here, goodness will go with you. Amen. Mercy will go with you. Amen. Mercy will not depart from you. Amen. Listen, even in your mistakes, you will be blessed. Amen. Listen to me. Even in your mistakes, you will be blessed. Amen. What I mean by mistakes is that you did not even know. Maybe you wanted to cross a road. You didn't know a truck was coming. You will cross. You will not be hit by that truck. Amen. And you will cross and meet a man of destiny on the other end. Amen. God will guide you by himself. Amen. Let me tell you something. This week I have another instruction for you. Don't cry over anything. They throw you into prison. Laugh. When you sit down in the prison and be laughing. La- laugh until the, the, the other person I wonder, are you okay? When they start wondering, are you okay? Just know that you have entered breakthrough. Amen. If they ask you, don't even say, why now? You start laughing. Say, sorry, we have to downsize. Just <laughs> start <laughs> laughing. <laughs> so, okay, he said, okay, am I going? yes. <laughs> why are you laughing? He say because I just realized that when God wanted to send Joseph into his destiny, he went through prison. Hatred. You know, people say, oh, my enemies die. They didn't need to die. Joseph still got to where he was going to get to. Why are you afraid? Let me say to you this week, your enemies will not die. Amen. They will repent. Amen. Those who will not repent will first help you carry you into glory. Amen. If they toss you into the pit, it's you're on your way to your Egypt. Amen. If Mrs. Potiphar lied against you, don't worry about it. That is the only way Pharaoh will hear about you. Amen. Listen, let me say that again. Even if Mrs. Potiphar lies against you, this is the word of the Lord concerning you. It is a first step towards Pharaoh hearing about you. Amen. And listen, Pharaoh will hear about you. Amen. Pharaoh will hear about you. Amen. He will take you for prison and put you in the place of destiny. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And even if you are in the wilderness, don't worry. It's time to return to Egypt and deliver Israel is coming for you. Amen. But this life, you will not be average. Amen. Oh, God, I feel like saying that you will not be average. Amen. Let me beg you for something. Don't let anybody give you testimony of being average and you fall for it. People have testified that when you get to Canada, you get a house, you get a car. It's an average life. There is nothing special about it. Every fool has a car, has a house. Is your life about car. What are you doing with your car? You're not going anywhere anyway. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, Look, listen, don't sign for mediocrity. Don't sign for being a non-entity. I hope you're getting my point here. to now is running for VVP. You know, he said his teacher told him in that school one of those schools he went to, said go back home and go and create communal wealth. That you are rich personally, but your people are poor. Toby said that was when he took instruction and I agreed to run for governor in, 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 in an state. Because somebody told him, you are rich. That's how you Africans are. Individual wealth. He said, but your people are poor. Said, "Go back home and go and create wealth for your community." He went back home and agreed to run for governor. So, listen, you do in Jesus' name, you will not be an entity. Penina had many children. What's their name? Hannah delayed in having one, but we know Samuel today. The reason why we know Penina is because of Samuel. Some enemies only get relevance because of you. (laughs) See, this was the man who persecuted him. (laughs) That's their title. It is well with you. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet is well with you. Though your beginning be small, I say to you, your latter end shall greatly increase. And this is the way it will be. God will take all the glory. 100%. He won't share with anybody else. And you will see Him lift you up. Whoever is sick, somebody is sick in the stomach, I rebuke that sickness. Somewhere in the intestine, I rebuke it. Listen, you are well from now. It had, well, even the doctors said they were thinking it was a tumor. That tumor just dissolved. Amen. They did not know what it was, but it has gone. Amen. Whatever it is, that intestine, I speak to it. Perfect health, to the glory of God, our lifter. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Those coming for the first time, please open your magazine. You are given a magazine. Open to page eleven. There's a way we share grace here. We are a cult. We believers knocking down world ministry. Every Christian, you are in the highest of the cults that exist. I hope you know that. Don't be afraid of an obony man. You are senior to him. Every court has its sacrifices. And they have their uh, abominations. What's our own abomination? Sin. If you're a married man, if you touch another woman, God punish you. That's our abomination. You steal somebody's money, thunder fire you. That's our abomin- <laughs> that is our abomination. Are you getting my point? We don't dip our hands in iniquity. That's our abomination. We walk in righteousness. We walk in holiness. But we have our incantations also. This is one of our incantations. Everybody, let's go. One, two. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death. We have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil. Because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Quickly, give me one minute. Bless three people around you. Just say, this is your season. Two more people, this is your season. One more person, this is your season. And one last one for yourself. This is my season my season of multiplication, domination shining forth in the name of all right, share of brethren.